The Lord spoke to me and told me some things. He said, you'll begin to write with a new anointing. And through the music and through the singing as you minister forth, my anointing will flow out from you. Those who believe that and receive that anointing will be healed in their body. Financial need will be met. Harmony will come to the home. The yoke of bondage will be broken because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I'm David Engels, and this is the Hour of Anointing. was lost he paid the cost gave heaven's best for me it was his love sent from above to set the captives free my God's been so good so good he's been so good to me so good to me Jesus the Christ sin sacrifice Paying the price for all Those who believe Can now receive Eternal life of God My God's been so good So good He's been so good to me My God's been so good so good to me Now you may come Jesus to know Receive inheritance Live in God's wealth Walk in good health Your status heal advance My God's been so good So good He's been so good to me so good to me my god been so good so good he's been so good to me my god been so good so good 
Hello, my friend. This is David Ingalls, and you're listening to the Hour of Anointing. We'll be starting a series of teachings on the confession of God's Word, the power of the positive confession of God's Word. That is just letting the light shine on the import of words. You know, Christianity has been called the Great Confession, but a lot of believers are defeated because they believe and confess the wrong things and basically unknowingly. They've spoken words of the enemy, and those words hold people in bondage. Proverbs 6, 2 says, Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. And for a long time I was confused over the fact that in my own life and in the lives of others that I knew about, there was a continual sense of defeat and failure. Oh, yes, I prayed for the sick. I knew that the Bible was true, and I searched a diligent search to find the leakage. And one day I saw Hebrews 4.14, that we are to hold fast to our confession. And in the authorized version, it's called profession. We are to hold fast our profession. The third chapter of Hebrews uses the words, the great confession. And I ask myself, well, what confession am I to hold fast to? Well, I'm to hold fast to my confession of the absolute integrity of God's Word, the Bible. I'm to hold fast to the confession of the redemptive work of Christ and to meditate and stir these things up by speaking these things in my own presence. I'm to hold fast to my confession of the new creation, that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm to hold fast to the confession that I have received the life and nature of God. I'm to hold fast to the confession that God is the strength of my life. I'm to hold fast to the confession that surely he, Jesus, Jesus hath borne my sicknesses, he carried my diseases, and that by his stripes I am healed. Now, I found it at first uh, pretty difficult to hold fast to the confession of perfect healing when I had pain in my body or symptoms. But I made the discovery that I'd been making two confessions. I had been confessing, well, the absolute truthfulness of the Word of God. At the same time, I was making a confession that I was not healed. If you had asked, do you believe that by his stripes you are healed? I would have said, yes, sir, I do. But in the next breath, I would have said, but the pain is still there. The second confession nullified the first. In reality, I had two confessions. First, a confession of my perfect healing and redemption in Christ. And then second that redemption and healing was not a fact. Then came this great battle to gain the mastery over my confession, to watch my words. And I remember the very earliest days, and we still uh, we still work with this, but the very earliest days I'm thinking about uh, in, a, in, a, in our family and people that I would associate with, we would help each other. And sometimes we would help each other by saying NC, which, which meant negative confession. We would kind of jab at each other a little bit, and some people say, you shouldn't do that. Well, that helped, that, that, that helped us, because if we didn't think of anything else, we saw, well, if I'll say the right thing, then I won't get a, a jab here, you know. But uh, this battle began, the mastery, over the words and the import of words out of my lips. See, I needed to do this until I learned to have but one confession. It's all down the same line. If I confess that my God shall supply every need of mine, then I must not nullify that confession by saying, yes, God supplies my needs all right, but I cannot pay my rent. I cannot pay the car payment. I can't pay the telephone bill. Faith holds fast to the confession of the word. Sense knowledge holds fast to the confession of physical evidences. If I accept physical evidence against the word of God, then I nullify 
the ability of the Word of God as far as I'm concerned. But if I hold fast to my confession that God's Word is true, that by His stripes I am healed, that my God does supply my needs, I hold fast to the confession uh, of faith in the face of apparent contradictions, then God will watch over His Word to make it good in my life. Many believers have failed when things became difficult because they lost their confession. They vacillated. While the sun was shining brightly, their confessions were vigorous, strong, and clear. But when the storms came, the testings came, and the adversary was taking advantage of them, they gave up their testimony. And as I say, probably just unknowingly. Every time you confess disease and weakness and failure, you're really magnifying the adversary above the Father, and you destroy your own confidence in God's Word. You're to hold fast to your confession in the face of apparent defeat. You are to study the Word of God. I'm going to repeat that. You are to study the Word of God until you know what your rights are. So it's not a token thing. It's not a matter of just starting saying some words. But see, the Word is our basis. We are to study the Word of God until we know what our rights are. Then we begin to speak them and hold fast to those words. Some people make confessions about... Uh, uh, things without any foundation so far as a foundation in them they have no knowledge then the adversary whips and beats them down you're to find out what your rights are for instance you know that he says surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases now based on God's word surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases that's speaking about Jesus he carried our diseases he took upon him sickness he took upon him sin well, we know that now, so now we can make our confession. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Well, we can make that confession. I'm more than a conqueror. I can say because of 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now, you can make your confession based on that word. Stand by your confession through thick and thin, through good report and evil. And I suggest just decide to do it, and that's going to be your way of life from this point forward. It's not, I'm going to try it and see how it works out. No, that's not really laying your faith out there. It's really like a, a river of no return. You get started and that's it. I'm going to do this all my life. Revelation 12:11, And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And I could even say because of the word in their testimony. You testify God's word and, and, and God's word will, will hold you up. Very few Christians have realized the place that what we're talking about today, confessing God's word, uh, what a place it holds in the scheme of things. Whenever the word confession is used, we instinctively think of oh, confessing sin, confessing weakness and failure and so forth. This is the negative side of this question. Christianity is called the great confession. Confessing means affirming something that we believe. It's testifying of something that we know. It is a witnessing of a truth. That we have embraced. Confession holds a very large place in a victorious Christian's life. I said a victorious Christian's life. Jesus planned that this great life and love should be given to the world through testimony. That is, through the confession of our lips. Now, to our mind, that seems so unlikely. But to God, that's his way. Testifiers, witnesses, confessors have been the great leaders in the revolutionary life that Jesus gave to the world. The major problem that we face then is to know what we are to confess. 
So where will we find these things? Well, we'll go to the Word. Faith-filled words will put you over. Fear-filled words will defeat you. Words, God's words, are the most powerful thing in our grasp. Proverbs 6, 2 says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. I like to be snared with God's word. <laughs> our confession centers around several things. First, what God in Christ has wrought for us. Second, what God through the word and the spirit has wrought in us. Third, what we are to the Father. And last of all, what God can do through us or what the word will do in our lips. You've been listening to The Hour of Anointing. To order David Ingalls' products, including music CDs and downloads, soundtracks and songbooks, call us toll-free at 1-877-34-RADIO or visit us online at diministries.org. And while you're there, check out audio archives of past programs, including today's broadcast. Our mailing address is David Ingalls Ministries, P.O. Box 1924, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74101. When writing, please include an offering for Radio Time along with the call letters of this station. Tune in weekdays at this same time for the Hour of Anointing with David Ingalls.